Hello and welcome to another Spotlight Series podcast by Celtic Down Under. I'm your host Jared and today I am joined by John Murphy from the Austin Celtic Supporters Club in the USA. How are you going, John? Good, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty pretty good. You know, nine in a row is confirmed. We're all uh, onwards and upwards to ten in a row, so it's exciting times. So Absolutely. Uh, great, time, great time to be a Tim. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't want to be where the other guys are right now, at least like... When they fell up, when they did their nine, and then we stopped at their ten, it was uh, they had an older team that was falling apart. But we're going for ten, and we got it, this the third youngest team in the league, so it's a great time onwards and upwards, not just for the ten, but going forward. So bring it on, boys! Certainly is, certainly is. So in a spotlight series podcast, as we just discussed, we um, I like to get to know a bit about different Celtic supporters clubs around the world. So. Do you want to tell us a bit about the Austin Celtic Supporters Club, when it was founded and by who, if you have that information available? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so Jared, the, the club was founded in 2000. Um, so, you know, we're at our 20th anniversary, obviously. Um, it was founded by David Stubbs, who is still uh, here in Austin. Uh, how the club came about, uh, there was a bunch of guys uh primarily from East Kilbride, Glasgow region, um, who were all Celtic fans that at the time they were, uh, worked for um, for Motorola, um, which then became Freescale. And they get, kind of get told, hey, do you want to go to Austin, check it out, stay there for six months and see if you like it? Well, you know, 20 years later, um, a lot of those original guys are still here, um, never moved back to Scotland. So, yeah. Really, the club's been going since since 2000. Yeah. Wow, that's a um, interesting foundation story. Like that's something I haven't heard on these podcasts before. Like people move for work. Like normally it's one or two, but a whole bunch of people moving for work and then founding the club and still being involved 20 years later. That's really impressive. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a, bun- a bunch of those guys that um, you know have some of them have retired. Some of them still work for for um, for the same company. Um, but yeah, there's there's a there's a big Scottish connection with guys that have been here, you know, twenty over twenty years, yeah. And where do you meet up for games? Um, so right now we meet at uh, a place called the Cigar Vault, uh, which is in Buda, uh, which it's just south of Austin. Um, and obviously with the time difference, Jared, it's as you know, you guys being in Australia, it's, it's sometimes a struggle. Most of the games, obviously being live on on TV back home, um, they're on at six or six thirty a.m. Austin time. So it's really kind of been a struggle over the last few years to find a place. Uh, when the club was founded originally, we used to meet at uh, Fido Irish Pub downtown Austin. Uh, that place closed a few years ago, and then we had a last season at another Irish pub, uh, which unfortunately closed down as well. So, for the most part, it was at Fado. Uh, for a couple, two or three seasons, we really didn't have a home, so it was kind of uh, Johnny Murphy's Celtic Supporters Club, otherwise known as my house. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, this past season. Um, Kirby and Matt at the Cigar Vault have kindly opened their doors up to us, and they'll they'll open up at you know for the 6 a.m. games, um, and yeah, they they just do a great job looking after us. It'd be an interesting early morning going into a pub watch a game. Like for us, it's really late kickoffs over here, so it's actually not bad because going before a game, have a few drinks, have a sing song, and uh, watch the games there. 
how's that, that got workout you. over there for 6 a.m. kickoff? What would it be? Yeah, like? What times everyone uh, get into the pub and is there pre-match festivities and that sort of stuff going on in there or? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a kind of it's it's a kind of unusual setup because the the cigar vault primarily um it's a it's a cigar shop that was actually um opened up on the site of an an original bank I think from the 1910s or the 1920s. So they still the reason it's called the cigar vault is they still have the original vault from the bank. In, in the back of the store, and that's that serves as the humidor for the cigars. So it's it's kind of a, a cool feature. So you know they sell beer and wine, and we we watch the Celtic games in there. So as well as the Celtic fans that come in to watch the games, Jared, you know we we get people just sometimes walking in off the street um, that are maybe in to buy cigars, and they're like, hey, what's what's this crowd of guys wearing green and white and shouting at the TV for at eight o'clock in the morning? You know, so um, we've actually picked up a couple of people along the way who have kind of got into Celtic that way that you know they've they've just been regular customers at the cigar vault and um have actually started coming down to watch the game so that's been kind of neat that's actually funny because that was one of my later questions I had so how's the CSC received in the local community and have you got many local born members or is it predominantly expat fans so, so some locals have just joined up have they yeah yeah I mean um Right now, I would say, I mean, we're probably 70-30 as far as um, Scottish. Um, but we, Austin next season is getting a, a Major League Soccer team. That's going to be the first professional um, sports team in the city. Um, so there's a, there's, a, there's a good buzz about um, football in Austin right now, you know, with the new Austin FC team starting. Uh, a lot of the English teams in Austin have um, big supporters clubs. We we get all of the English Premier League games here in the States. So um, I'm also, you know, Liverpool's my English team. So uh, the Liverpool um, club here in Austin has, has a massive following. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely a, a very good level of interest for football here in, here in Austin. Yeah, that's great. So, with the games when they're shown at the, you know, the cigar vault, how often are they shown, and how many members does the club use currently have? Yeah, so typically um, for midweek games, uh, you know, if they're nighttime games in Scotland, it's it's one usually about one forty-five here in the afternoon. So we we don't tend to to show those live, but on the weekend, um, I think typically our attendance last season was. Uh, between 10 and 15 for a regular game. Uh, for an old firm game, we'll usually get around 30, 35. And then we had a, a, a really good turnout for uh, the cup final, the league cup final here. Um, last season, we had over 60 people. So the cigar vault itself is a, a pretty small place, but we also have a, a really nice patio with a, a TV outside as well. So um, weather permitting, it's it's nice to get get outside as well, you know, and watch your games. Uh, that's great. Yeah, you'd have some decent weather over there in Texas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Work in your favour. Yeah, I mean, we uh, like yourselves. You know, we don't we don't get hit with the cold weather too often. But yeah, I mean, um, obviously, for the most part, um, there's no football in June or July um, when it's it's very hot here. But yeah. Typically August September it's still pretty hot, um, but yeah, for the most part it's, uh, it's it's nice year round. 
And um, what's it like for new people if you're out of town, if you say if you're coming over from Glasgow or if you, someone's over from, say, LA and they're in Austin and they want to come watch it, sure. they're more than welcome to come watch it with, with the boys. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Um, Austin Celtic Supporters Club uh, on, on Facebook. Uh, Austin underscore CSC on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, send a message if you're not sure if we're going to be showing the game or not and I'll I'll respond back to you and, and let you know. But like I say, if it's on at the weekend, we're, we're pretty much always showing those live. Yeah, that's great. So we love a consistent... Like that, it's been tough the last few couple of years for us over here because the um, Europa League games on the Thursday, then yep. you know the Sunday games are always a nightmare for us. If it's a midday kickoff, it's like 9 p.m. over here, so that's okay. But if it's a later game, forget about it. The pubs right. are open, so it's yeah, it's good that you guys get to show most of the games and the time zone actually works in your favour for those Sunday games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah. All right, so. I reached out to you when I saw a um a post on your Twitter page about the um doing some charity work with the mobile food bank, so at CTX Food Bank. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us about a bit about that, how you got involved in that, and then any other fundraisers or charities that the CSE supports? Sure, yeah. Um, so uh, I remember Roxy Ramirez. Um, Last last season, uh, reached out to the the Central Texas Food Bank. Uh, our first volunteering uh, was it was it Thanksgiving um, last year, and you know here in the states it's a it's a big holiday, kind of like Christmas dinner, I guess, for the best way I can describe it for those of you who aren't familiar with Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, so Central Texas Food Bank uh, took over um, one of the convention centers downtown and gave out thousands of meals for free so uh, some of the Austin Celtic Club went down and, and volunteered their time for that and then Matt and Kirby at the Cigar Vault this year have, have very generously donated 100% of, of all the tips that they made and from the bar to the Central Texas Food Bank and on top of that uh, one of the guys here, Ian Howe, he's a Scottish guy from Aviemore uh, he runs a he runs his own accounting firm here in Austin, and his company, How and Romero Associates, uh, decided to they, they very kindly would um, give us some funds to, to make some club T-shirts, and 100% of the, the money that we've made from the T-shirt sales has also gone to the Central Texas Food Bank. So, kind of when all said and done, Jared, we've, we've donated um, just under... $6,500 US to the Central Texas Food Bank, which equates to a little under 26,000 meals that go directly to um, the less privileged members of our society. So it's something we're, we're very proud of, especially because this is the first season that we've, we've actually done some fundraising. Um, there's also a, a, another charity in Austin called Dressed for Success. And what they do is they take gently used or new women's uh, interview clothes and basically get get um, ladies in Austin who are going for a job that maybe don't have the money to, to buy nice clothes for an interview. They, they get them looking good and looking sharp and, and getting the right frame of mind for their interview. So we, um, we've also donated uh, 
I think about sixty pounds are closed to them as well this last year. But between those two charities, it's something that we're we're looking to grow on and on next year, and hopefully we can, you know, donate a bit more to them. Yeah, that's uh, really impressive and great work there. Considering, like, I always ask that question because you know the club being founded at Celtic on um, you know helping the poor and stuff like that. It's always good to see and who's doing what and giving back. So. Well done sure. to everyone over at the Austin Celtic Supporters Club for your support of the food bank yeah. and Dress for Success. Long may it continue and keep it up. Yeah, we're finding right now, especially with the, the world being in the situation it is with the, the COVID crisis, um, you know, the, the food banks here, and I'm sure it's the same pretty much everywhere around the world. Everybody is really struggling for food. Uh, so a few of us a couple of weeks ago went out with the, the food bank and donated a few hours of um, just putting um, boxes of food in people's trunks uh, and I think on that day we as close to 2,000 families went home with, with a whole bunch of food so that was good Yeah, like no one should go without at the end of the day and as you said at the moment it's not about the, end the it's not about skin colour, race, anything along those lines, your football club where you live, it does, that, none of that matters. It's all about humanity. That's the way I'm looking at it. So the yep. more of that people are doing, the better. And yeah, great job. For sure. Yeah. Cheers. All right. So with um, the MLS team launching in Austin next year, mm-hmm. is there many local football clubs over there that you see a C's linked with at all, or is it what's the what's the actual local footprint of you know, football like in Austin. Um, yeah, no, we're not we're not linked with any um, kind of Sunday league teams or anything. Um, for a few years, we had a we had an indoor team, um, but that kind of folded because a lot of the games were on at eleven o'clock at night and midnight and stuff, and it was always during the week. So it was obviously very difficult to even try and field an indoor team at that time of night when most folk have got work the next morning. You know. Um, but you know we we keep in touch with uh, a few like I said mentioned earlier with with the English teams um, having a lot you know big followings here Chelsea Spurs Liverpool um, Arsenal Man United especially um, you know that's we all kind of know each other and just from when we used to watch the games at Fudo Irish Pub downtown before that place closed um, that that place was big enough that it could host a few different games at the same time, you know, so for those of us who have been in Austin for for a few years, we all kind of tend to bump into each other whenever there's football going on, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a bit like that over here as well with the old Celtic club in Melbourne, it was like we'd have us in one area and we'd have the Arsenal Supporters Club in another area, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's yep. similar yep. sort of setup. Now, do you have any stories from within your CSC that you want to share with us at all which are any funny ones or anything along those lines um no not really I mean uh you know we just uh, we just want to reiterate that if you're if you're passing through um check out our, our Facebook and Twitter page um I check it at least every couple of days and uh you know we're, we're open to to everybody even if you want to come and support the other team um, whoever Celtic are playing, you know, you'll you'll have a very warm Texas welcome. What would be the most memorable match 
that has been hosted at the Austin CSC and what is so memorable about that? Uh, oh, good question. Um, I'm getting into the fun stuff for you. I know, I should have. If I'd known you were going to ask me that, I should have prepared an answer, eh? <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I'm going to give you such a, a generic stock answer, Jerry, that you've probably heard a lot of times, but, um, you know, the last the last three years really have been have been brilliant. Um, I can't pick out a particular favourite, um, given that we, we always have, the you know, some of the biggest crowds of the season down for the games against Rangers. Uh, it's always just an absolute joy when we we scalp them into the ground. So, yeah, I mean, I'd have to go for every single one of those, to be fair. <laughs> fair enough. It has been a good run over the last three years, and long may it continue. Absolutely. All right. Now, switching on to yourself as a um, as a fan, what would be the most memorable game you have personally attended? Oh, uh, I would say it's, it's probably. Yeah, I would say up. yeah. I, I mean, a toss up. There's there's two that particularly stick out in my mind. Um, 1989, I was at Celtic Park when uh, we beat Partizan Belgrade five four, and unfortunately didn't go through to the next round. We gave up a couple of late goals, um, but you know I, I was 14 back then, and it was just a great atmosphere um, and then I moved to permanently to the States in 2002 and I had had a season ticket at Parkhead before that and just being at the uh, the Henrik Masterclass the 6-2 game against Rangers um, was just brilliant because my season ticket used to be in the Rangers end so you know you could literally turn turn to your left and give the fingers to the the Rangers fans are about ten seats to the left of me, you know. So it was, it was great getting to see it on the park and then getting to see the the Rangers fans' faces at the same time. It was brilliant. <laughs> goal by goal by goal in the first twenty minutes or so, just seeing them slowly just sink back into their seats and be like, oh, it's going to be a long day. That would have been unreal to see. Yeah, no, it was great, absolutely brilliant. All right. Yeah. Got a good one for you here. Who would be your all-time top five Celtic players and why? Oh, um, top five Celtic players. Um, you can have a couple extra. I used to call this my Mount Rushmore of it. But, yeah. You know, but <laughs> I, then I realised it's a top five and there's only four people on Mount Rushmore, so I kind of ruined it. So. Yeah, I would, um, I mean, just off the top of my head, number one would be Henrik Larsson just because I, I got to see him in his prime um, I wish I'd seen Jinky Johnston unfortunately too young for that uh, along with Billy McNeil obviously um, I feel like you know that, that the team the Celtic team that we had uh, back when Tommy Burns was manager when unfortunately we didn't win the league but the team always get plaudits for it with the you know Cadet Van Hoydonk De Canio Andy Tom I mean we, we played some brilliant football that season so um, it would be hard to kind of pick an individual player out of that team but uh, yeah some of the some of the football we played that year was just absolutely amazing Alright and my favourite question when I get towards the end of the podcast who would be the one player in your lifetime that you've seen play for an against Celtic or mm-hmm. any other club 
and you wish that Celtic would have signed them. Don't worry about funds, wait, like transfer fees, wages, agent fees, all that. Take the money off the yep. table. Just assume that we're going to, you know, fund it illegally, Rangers style for a moment here. <laughs> and come up with let us know if there's one player or if there's a couple or whatever I usually say not Messi or Ronaldo though yeah no uh, the first I mean just the first one that pops into my head was is uh, Alessandro Del Piero um, I, you know some of those amazing uh, European nights at Celtic Park uh, we beat Juventus I think it was 4-3 and I remember him scoring just a ridiculously good free kick, sublime free kick, um, and my season ticket obviously was behind that goal, so I got a perfect view of it, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, just seeing his movement and vision and how he, he he ran the game, you know, I mean, he was he was just a class player, and I was I'd always really enjoyed watching him on the TV as well, you know, he was he was something else. Funny story about Del Piero. When he was linked with Celtic after he left Juventus, and then he ended up down here in Australia in the A-League with Sydney FC, I'm a season ticket holder at Melbourne Victory in our local yep. league. Sydney FC is like our biggest rival. We can't stand them. I hate them. And watching yep. Del Piero play against us a couple of times a season, yeah, he's quality. But the thing that drove me insane watching him is he's just that good at... Getting in, like beating his man, getting in front, and then slowing down, and then they smash into his back, and then he falls over. And I'm just like, right. hey, and he, just, he gets the free kick. <laughs> yeah, he gets the free kick, and then he just like curls things in, or you know, he does that to try and get penalties. And I'm just, and he's getting penalties, and I'm like, mate, you're like an 80 something kilo man, and you're going down under contact that wouldn't even knock over my three year old niece. Yeah, I know it's, and that's 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 one of the that's one of the reasons why you know I've got some American friends that that are not into the soccer, you know. And any time I take them down to watch a football game, you know, they're they're big American football fans, and they're like, oh, these guys are pussies. They're just diving the whole time, and then you know, there's always one or two dives a game where you're like, yeah, okay, I can see where that stereotype comes from, you know. <laughs> the funny thing is, though, as an Australian, I'm going to sound biased, but. The closest player I've seen play live, closest like that does the same sort of thing, was Daniel Arzani before he did his knee at Celtic. Like when right. he was playing over here at Melbourne City in the A League, and then moved over to us through Manchester City on loan. He was really yes. good at doing the exact same thing. And Arzani was actually at Sydney FC as a youth player when Del Piero was there. So oh wow, okay. He was huh. really good at coming in off that left wing onto his right foot getting in front of it and then like the way Scotty Sinclair cut it would always cut inside he was similar to that and then he'd just get hit and he'd just go down and I was at a derby one time and Arzani's gone down he took a dive and I'm just abusing him giving all sorts of uh, all sorts of what for and he's ended up having to get struck he got yellow card for diving and had to get stretched off because his calf cramped up that bad he actually couldn't stand back up um, wow then two days later we're linked with signing him at Celtic, and I'm just like, oh god. And then, the yeah. more, and then the more you're watching, you're like, yeah, he's actually a good player. Okay, I'll take those blinkers off for a moment. But <laughs> <laughs> makes you wonder. I mean, given given that story, it makes you wonder if him and Del Piero were practicing that little diving move and training. You know, <laughs> I actually, I actually think that a lot of the clubs over here, because they don't really have very strong youth academies, I know they actually have like mentor programs where the, each youth player is allocated to a senior player. So it makes okay. you think, because they played in a similar position, was Azani 
mentored by Del Piero when he was here. I actually think yeah, it's quite yeah. possible. So, yeah, yeah, it was um, it'd be an interesting one to see what happens with Arzani. Does he go back on loan to back to Man City, or do we extend it for another year? Depends what I know. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, obviously, and, and given what's happened the last couple of days with just uh, obviously Celtic trimming the squad, you know, with uh, Jozo and Johnny Hayes going and Kuasi going. So yeah, I mean, well, I guess it's going to be an interesting few weeks before uh, hopefully the 1st of August when the new season starts. Yeah, no, it's going to be going to be fun times ahead watching the uh, all the rumours on Twitter and on Facebook and seeing all sorts of absolute pish being spoken and be like, what have we got here? So, um, exactly. <laughs> whatever, whatever we hear, I'm like, hmm, how much truth's in that? Like there was one earlier in the week about this Serbian six foot seven centre-back Vukatic who's playing, played for a club in Belgium who just got relegated. So... I'm thinking if Jose's gone and you've got six foot five Ayer, six foot six Julian, six foot seven in Vukatic as your centre backs with Al Hamed there as well, and then you have you can get Forster on a permanent six foot seven. It's like we're landing the Giants back there. I know, yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's that time of the year where uh, it's just silly season and um, you know Celtic get linked with goodness knows how many. Dozens, if not hundreds, of, of players, you know. They'd get linked with my next door neighbour who's like in his 50s if he had good footwork at this time of the year. So, um, yeah, it's pretty funny, but we'll see what happens. Watch his space, and I'm sure Lenny's going to have some stuff up his sleeve. And I think the club's been counting their counting their dollars, a little Scrooge McDuck style, for a little while for the last few years. Now that the tens on the cards, you think they've got to splurge somehow. Even though the market yeah. and the world's changed, you don't know what it's going to be like. I totally agree with you. You know, I mean, I remember going back to um, obviously when 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 we stopped Rangers getting the ten in a row, and uh, yeah, I mean, having a season ticket at that time, you know, was I mean the the nerves of that on the last day against St Johnston and all that stuff. I mean, we don't want it to come down to that. You know, I think you're right. Uh, there's I don't think there's any question that Lenny will be knocking down the board's door and be like, hey, I need some serious money to uh, make sure we get over the line. You know. You don't want to be the the guy who started the run of the, at the 10 and then lose it in the 10th season, which is Lenny, and you don't want to be the board who have, with how things have played out over the last few years, they've had a, they haven't been covered themselves in glory, basically, to yep. then keep their pennies in their pocket and not back the manager in the season where we could make league history and get the 10. That's basically saying if they don't do that and we don't win the league, these guys will be out the door. So no, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, for, self for, sure. for self-preservation, they're gonna want to um, actually back Lenny and give him some money. Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, fun times ahead. We've got to look out, keep an eye on things over the off-season, and once we know when um, the games are back on, looking forward to it. Bring on the t the ten season. Yeah, no, I can't wait. Can't wait. All right, John. So thanks for. Having a chat with me for this podcast, it's been great learning about the Austin Celtic Supporters Club. Absolutely, uh, Jared. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to reach to reach out to me. You know, it's been it's been good talking to you. No problems. Always been great. And um, everyone at Austin underscore CSC on Twitter and on Facebook, there's a page Austin Celtic Supporters Club. Give them a follow if you're in the area. Uh, definitely reach out to John, and I'm sure they'll definitely host you in at the Cigar Vault for a game sometime. So. Keep in touch and hail, hail, everyone. Brilliant. Thanks, Jared. No worries. Thanks, John.